over 20 years that my ex had been teaching, uh, the schools have become progressively more and more violent. So the solution to that was there's you now get a federal grant. I don't know if you know this in your part of the country, but you get a federal grant to put a police officer at your school. They call it the SRO, Student Resource Officer. So he's a either a retired uh, law enforcement or uh, he's assigned. They take one guy from the uh, local police department and assign him to be at the school. So uh, that in itself has turned into a, a, a rite of passage for a lot of these uh, kids, these lower uh, income kids. Um, pardon my French for a moment, but you ain't shit if you hadn't been tased by the SRO. back freedom junkies to more freedom junkie radio something that's really important to me about freedom junkie radio is making sure that it's always bringing us more topics about that can bring more freedom into our lives and something that we've never talked about is the public school system we've talked about homeschooling because that's what i've always done and that definitely brings more freedom into your life if you're a kid or if you're a parent because then you're not beholden to the school system and the other thing I love about what I've noticed about Freedom Junkie Radio over the last couple of years is that it's always solutions oriented. When we bring up a problem, like what they're spraying in the skies, we talk about what we can do about it. What are our options and what are our solutions? Well, today when we're talking about the public school system, and I will be introducing my guest here in just a minute, I am a little bit apprehensive about whether there are any solutions. So that's going to be something when we get there that I'm going to be really excited about knowing what they are besides scrapping the whole thing. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce my guest. His name is Wes Johnston. And Wes is just a really cool guy. He's um, lives in South Carolina on over 200 acres and and seems like he's just got a, a wonderful thing going on there with his 18 chickens, dozen rabbits. He is a ham radio operator for 30 years and is just into so many things that I am fascinated by. He's really into solar and living off grid. So we can talk about that if we get there. But uh, the main thing we're going to be talking about today, he's an electrical engineer who works for a multinational industrial controls company in the paper industry and has a lot to say about public schooling and what's going on there. His wife and his children have both been a part of the public school system there. And so, Wes, thank you and welcome to Freedom Junkie Radio. I'm glad to be on. Appreciate you inviting me. Last week, you and I had a little discussion online about something that you had experienced in the public school system. And you have a, long, a history with the public school system, and it's not a positive one. Yes. But last week you were at a. I went to the career center at the local high school. Okay. Tell us and, about that. Yeah. And uh, I spoke with the, with, I think uh, about 45 kids in two sessions. So 45 kids total. Um, this is the countywide career center where they, they have uh, three high schools in our County and they bring those kids that are going to be in uh, aerospace engineering or industrial maintenance, those kind of kids, they bring them to the Vogue tech center. 
And, uh, and those are the kids that I might be interested in recruiting to work for my company because we all got gray hair. We were all retiring. So um, it, it, the, the sad part was that uh, 45 kids I talked to, there wasn't one that had a spark in his eye. That was what, what killed me. You know, there wasn't one. When I, 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 I was talking to the whole room and I said, I had a PowerPoint presentation going. I was talking to the kids about what I do day to day and, you know, trying to make my job look exciting. And I walking around the room, I raised my hand. I said, Hey, Hey, who wants a job tomorrow? Cause these kids are graduating high school right now this week. So I said, Hey, who wants a job making 75 grand a year? And the only two people in the room who raised their hands were the teachers. The other kids were just zoned out, you know, um, leading into talking to these kids. Uh, there was a kid on the front row. At least he sat in the front row. Um, I asked him what, what are the programs he was in? Cause we were drawing from several different trades. What program are you in? Well, I'm an old guy. I can't hear that well. And he mumbled something. So I go over and I lean in like this and, I finally got my ear right against his mouth. I could feel his breath and he was mumbling something. I still didn't get it. And one of the other kids said, he's in aerospace engineering. So it troubled me. And this is what I came to you about um, was I'm wondering what is with these kids that I know that child has a voice. I know he's got an outside voice. Where is it? You know, and where's the spark in his eye? So that's, that's the intro to what I want to talk to you about today is uh, there's several components to the public school system that have led us to this place where we've got, um, yeah, we pick it, we pick at the young generation. We say these doggone millennials, and I guess it's Zoomers now, they, they have no drive, they have no desire. Well, I'm trying to get to the root cause of that. Why is that? Okay. So I hate to keep monologuing if you want to uh, lead me into something. I don't know. No, I mean, the, the, the most fascinating thing that you talked about to me so far was that they're all drugged because of the no child left yeah. behind. Start start there and tell yeah. us what you think about that. Okay. Um, for my experience with the, with the public school system is my ex-wife is a school teacher at this local high school. And she's been a school teacher there since uh, the year 2000 or so. So she's got 22 years in. And I, I heard a lot of stories before we divorced. I heard a lot of stories about what went on with the schools over time and to do specifically with No Child Left Behind. And there are some other facets I'd like to cover with you today about this, but to do specifically with No Child Left Behind, um, it gets down to incentives. The school has different incentives than you think they do. We like to think that we send our kids to school to become educated and become well-rounded people. You know, one of the fears about homeschooling is I might not be a math whiz, so how can I teach my kid algebra? I'd rather somebody who is has a degree in math teach my kid algebra. You know, I'd like to offload that to get better quality because I, I admit I'm humble. You know, I said maybe I, maybe I shouldn't teach my kid French. You know, <laughs> so you, you know you, what? I just want to jump in and say that anyone who's having that thought and going, yeah, I agree with him. Everything is available online. I am not a math whiz. Mm -hmm. I am not all the things my kids learn. I I do my best, but. What you're getting with that math whiz at the high school is they're also encouraging your kid to go get a sex change. So, I mean, yeah. that's what you're teaching yeah. too. So it's not yeah. just- And they're, they're hiding things from you, uh, concealing uh, things that they're doing at the school from you. And a lot of that came out in COVID uh, because parents stayed home because the kids stayed home. And now mom walks through the room and sees the Zoom call like we're doing now and pokes her head in, you know, well, what are these kids learning? And they start hearing what's going on in class. So anyway, back to incentives. No Child Left Behind 
says that all kids have to perform at grade level. That's the fundamental thing. All kids have to perform at grade level. And if the schools don't meet the criteria, then they lose funding. So everything in the school system is about money. And if you think it's about your little kid, it isn't. So the school has different incentives than you do. For example, um, if the kid is not reading at grade level, then it will, well, let's back up. No Child Left Behind says all kids have to read at grade level unless they have a learning disability. So now all the kids that are slow, statistically half the kids, right? Half the kids are on learning on these uh, IEP programs, individual education plans. And that gives the, the schools an out. But that also leads us into another problem. Uh, my own son got into one of these. Um, it has to do with uh, things he was doing at home with his mother after we divorced. He didn't get any exercise. He didn't, fresh air and sunshine makes a boy tired. And he didn't get exercise. So then he didn't sleep well at night. So now he's late and he's dragging in for school in the morning. And, you know, this thing, you, you get wrapped around, right? He got wrapped around the clock. And so he's not prepared to learn at school. So he's goofing off. He's being a class clown. He's a six-year-old boy in first grade. And he didn't learn to read. And, you know, the gross overview is he didn't learn to read. So his teacher says he's acting up. And uh, my ex wants to put him on these ADD meds. So now he's zombified. So now, two years later, he's in the third grade, and whoops, he hasn't learned to read yet. His peers are getting a little proficient, but he hasn't learned yet. So they said, hey, we have this thing called an IEP. We'll put him on this IEP, and we'll spend special time. We'll make special lesson plans for your child. We'll make accommodations for your child. So in one of these IEP meetings, I asked the teacher, you know, what are these accommodations? Well, if, if he can't read, which is my case, if my child can't read, she'll spend extra time with him up at her desk, and she will read a test to him and let him respond verbally. Oh, instead of making him learn to read, because we got a plan for that too, right? So I said, well, what do the other kids do? What do the other kids do while you're spending special time with my kid? And she said, she lost her cool for a minute, because usually these people are very, very, you know, very flat-faced and all this, right? She said, oh, hell, I've got uh, 12 of them in the class. She lost her composure for just a moment and let a little crack out, right? So the problem is, is what are the other 12? There's 24 kids in the class, right? So 12 of them have an IEP. So what are the other 12 kids doing while she's spending time with the special ones? They're bored. Now you get seven, eight, nine-year-old boys in a class bored, and they're going to start pulling each other's fingers. They're going to start making farting noises. They're going to, oh, kids made farting noises. Oh, he's disturbing the class. Now teacher calls the mom and says, hey, your son is disturbing the class. We need to get in him on some ADD meds, right? So now we've started a cycle. So now the kids are stupefied. So I think this brings me back to what I was saying at the career center. My hypothesis is that the kids that I saw at the career center have been threatened with torture, threatened with chemical lobotomies. I know that's exaggerated, but they're threatened with this if they, do, if they act out, if they speak, if they think, if they assert anything, the teacher's going to get them on these doggone drugs and they're going to be zombified. And they got 12 years of this. Let's call it an abusive relationship. They're scared to death to speak out. I mean, the stereotype is a, a woman is married to the drunkard husband that comes home and, if, and she has to be really quiet or, you know, things will get bad in the house. Well, that's what the kids are doing in school. That's what they're afraid of in school. Do you think the kids don't want to get on the drugs? That's they, they, I didn't know that they were threatened with that. 
I thought they were just told to sit down and shut up and behave yourself. I mean, that that's part of the process of the indoctrination of the American people. No, they, uh, they, I, you know, I, some of them might want to be, I can't speak for all, but I know many people who have decided to not take these drugs when they were 15 or 16 years old and they see what it does to their peers. So, you know, you see your buddy get zombied out. Well, I don't want to do that. So I'm because I'm going to be quiet, you know? So I am one of the weirdest people in the world to be interviewing you about this topic right now, because I am so ignorant when it comes to the, which is a, maybe a great place to be coming from. I am completely ignorant about the public school system. I haven't been in it in 34 years, haven't set foot in it. And, and I, and it's my different kids. than when you and I were there. Right. So um, it, this is all shocking to me that the kids are aware that they're all being drugged. I have a, a dear family member that I, I love who decided to start drugging her child in about second grade. And I remember mm -hmm. just being heartbroken about it because this little girl's brilliant. Um, she's just very, very active. And you know what? I think you already nailed it with your own son. The first thing you said was he wasn't getting any exercise. Yeah. And that right there, one time I was in a, and I think this is a major part of the problem is the sugar and lack of, and, and artificial color and stuff, all the crap. Red dye number 43. Yeah, all the crap we eat and feed the <laughs> yeah. kids yeah. and then don't give them exercise. I was in line in a double, um, this was years ago, 10 or 15 years ago at a fast food place and there was two lanes. And so I could see through the truck over at the window, the truck next to me, and I was watching what was going on in that truck in the drive-through. And there was a dad and about a six or seven-year-old boy. And the and the dad was just was had had it up to here with the little kid and was like, Do you need to just just behave yourself? And he was yelling at him to to calm down and get a hold of himself and he needed to act right. And then he reaches over and hands him a giant Coke. Right. And I'm like, right. they are gonna have a horrible day. This yep. is horrible. And and so kids need, uh, somebody told me the other day they've taken PE off of the menu at high school, at whatever it was, junior highs, or, or I don't know, um, getting out and running around and getting your, your yayas out is probably the most important way. You know, a, a, a tired puppy is a good puppy. I think I said that. Yeah, we had that in an email. All of us are that way. Every single mammal needs to be like... Okay, now oh, I can. It's the best it. sleep you ever have. It's yeah. the most sound sleep you ever have when you're exhausted. Right. It's a good tired. So uh, dr this drugging of everyone is absolutely mind blowing to me. So now yeah. you're seeing that come the end of high school, they seem to have no drive at all. Well, what they've got is they've got 12 years of conditioning. If you speak out, if you're active, if you do something that annoys the teacher, teacher calls your mom in. Well, see, the teacher's an authority figure. Just this goes to the uh, COVID vaccine thing, too. Uh, an authority figure told you you had to wear the, the baby diaper on your face. Uh, an authority figure told you you had to get vaccinated or you'd lose your job. So the whole authority figure thing, we fall in line without questioning anything. So if a teacher who is well-educated in early childhood development and got all this parchment on the wall, if she tells you your kid needs to be a zombie, you'll do it. Most will. You know, I was powerless to stop my ex from doing it. You know, she she had custody of the kids. So that's how that happened. Um, I, I, 
you know, all of us smoked a little something when we were younger. Uh, some of us might still, okay, I know what that is. I know what that high is. I'm familiar with those things. I'm familiar with alcohol. I know those things. I've never been on these kind of drugs. I don't know what they do for you. I don't know what the thing is, but I did see a cartoon once online that said, um, you know, it was the pharmaceutical companies and they're like, it's like meth, but for kids in the next frame, right? And I want to go on that. I didn't actually plan on talking to you about this part of it today, but it's coming up. Um, there's a guy that works with us that's uh, 35 years old. And when he was back about 12 years old, I spoke to him about this. When he was about 12 years old, he was acting out in school. So the teacher got his parents to put him on these zombie drugs. So he's on meth. And see, this zombie and meth doesn't jive for me. I'm not familiar with it. I think I might be out of, out of order making this comparison. But nevertheless, they put him on ADD drugs. And he told me it's like meth. So he said when he got out of high school, he wasn't college bound. So he fell off of his uh, parents' insurance. So he can't get the scripts filled for the ADD drugs. So he actually started doing meth. So he, at, at age 30, finally decided to kick it and get off. He saw it was leading him down the wrong path in life. He may have spent some time in jail, this kind of thing. But he finally did fly straight. And 35 years old, he's clean. But the other issue is, and my mother's got a theory about this, once you start doing drugs, your emotional uh, intelligence stops developing. So this guy is 35 years old, and he's stuck in a 13-year-old boy body, uh, uh, mind, I'm sorry. So that's an odd thing. He's, he's a weird guy because he doesn't have the emotional maturity. He really is like a 13-year-old boy. And like I say, I think it's because of those drugs. So what are we doing to these kids when we put them on these things? Okay, so that's one issue for sure. Like we really need to consider that um, good food, high quality food, exercise, sunlight, uh, that there are things that, I mean, because as a homeschool parent, if your kid is acting out, and not wanting to learn or whatever, you're not going to put them on a drug. There, there are, and homeschool moms have figured out this is interesting that there are children who will not retain stuff unless they're in motion. This is actually a thing. Yes. Yes. So there's a child there. Yeah. There's a mom who has, she stands on the driveway. If her kid needed to memorize uh, a poem or something like that, like even maybe Spanish vocabulary words or something where you're, you're having to retain information, Mm -hmm. you would have him ride his bike around her or pogo stick while they're learning things. Right. You can't do that. These classrooms are too big and we've got to stop with the drugging of the children. Okay. Yes. That's a solution right there. Yes. Okay. So you you had me smiling for a moment there because uh, two things. Um, one, I got a buddy that had a kid that, that had to run to learn. He couldn't sit still. He was fidgety. And I go over to my buddy's house after work. And this kid, we're, we're sitting in the backyard drinking Coca-Cola. And this kid is running a lap. He's not even told to do this. The kid wants to do this. He runs a lap. And then he comes where we're sitting on one of the trailers in the backyard. And the kid comes and does one math problem on the fender of the trailer and he runs another lap around the yard. He does another math problem. And it's just every time he does, Oh good. I got it. He runs around the yard. It was kind of neat to see. The other one is my (laughs) brother-in-law. He was young. Uh, My mother-in-law made him run around the house, right? That was his punishment. He had to run laps around the house. So he thought he was clever and he went to the kitchen window and he ran by the kitchen window and then he ducked and he went back under the kitchen window and he counted to 30 
and he ran under the kitchen window again. And what he didn't realize was his mother was standing in the center of this ranch style house and she could see all four directions around the house. She knew he wasn't running around the house. So he got in trouble for that, but kids run. Well, that's that's but, good stuff. But this is, you're touching on something that is, you know, we have a giant obesity e epidemic in our country yes. as well with the children, with adults, you know, but, but the, with children, children have historically never been obese. You might've had your occasional child who was chubby, but this childhood obesity rate, they are being told to sit down, shut up, don't move. And we're just going to drug you in order to keep you there. If you don't cooperate and be quiet. we're going And to so the, the whole schooling mechanism, the way that it's done is so wrong. Uh, yes. I was talking to a friend of mine about, you know, if, if Texas, if Texas becomes a thing. I like that. I wish I lived there. <laughs> well, other people will do it too. If we do it, South Carolina will probably do no, it. No, we tried that a couple of hundred years ago. Well, <laughs> this is, a, a, you know, it, it's a new time. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, somebody was talking about what we would do for our education system here. Mm -hmm. and, how, and he got real excited about the idea of starting over and scrapping the whole thing. And he said we could... Uh, draw from all these places around the world that have bigger success than we do. He said in Finland, which this doesn't, this sounds crazy because it sounds so cold in Finland, they spend about half their day outside. The children do. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of reading, there's, you know, something that comes across your plate when you're a homeschooler is the Waldorf homeschool, the Waldorf method of the, there's Waldorf schools and then there's Waldorf homeschooling. Um, I, we've never, I, I, that's never stuck with me at all, but um, there are some aspects of it that are very interesting and cool. They garden and they, they spend time outside and they do a lot of art. One of the things that's very controversial is that they don't even start the kids reading until they're getting their adult teeth in which is usually like seven eight nine years old eight nine years old yeah they don't even start so i'm like well it, you know if your kid's asking to read handing you the book going mommy i want to read when they're four or five years old i don't think you you know i, I think every i child, can't turn that down yeah. right you, know, you have to work with each child um individually but this idea that children have to be reading by the time they're in third or fourth grade is also not true right you, well you know, the the school system wants people to fit in their square holes at the time they need to be there. And some people are not that shaped peg. Some people haven't developed to that shape of peg yet. So, you know, but the school is all about making everybody fit uniformly into this spot at this time. And it stinks because you're not ready yet. Well, and you know, you were talking about this no child left behind and working toward the weakest link. And if you have that, you know, there's always been kids that have kind of fallen through the cracks for whatever reason or another. I had a friend who taught in an inner city school in Houston a long time ago, and she said that there would be children that would come in like this one girl one day. Her parents had been fighting all night. Her mom had been being beaten all night. Mm -hmm. This little girl was incapable of focusing on the lesson. So now you're telling me that the teacher would then focus all of their attention on this person who, you know, they need counseling, they need to, a, a day off, they need something else. But the rest of the students who did eat breakfast and are there willing to learn, you know, we do need to focus on those kids. It can't be, and, and you're talking about the, the funding and I want to get back to that. And I also want to get to some of the other problems in the schools because the school systems have gotten so bad that everyone who can leave has and in in the 
worse schools. I, there, from what I can see, there in the more affluent areas, if you have a public school in an affluent area, the teachers want to be there. There's still kids that that are can do well that aren't necessarily being drugged. I don't know. Uh, it, but then they're in your not so affluent areas. It's gotten so bad because the the teachers can't discipline the children anymore, and the children run the roost. They're fighting all the time. I mean, I keep seeing these videos. I mean, where, what else do you want to tell us about the, the situation going on in the public school? Well, the little girl that uh, you mentioned come to school that had been awake all night, mom's getting beaten and this sort of thing. Um, around here, you know, Obama called this part of the state I'm in, he called it the corridor of shame. And it's really true. It, it, I, I got to take that one on the chin for my area, you know. Um, my former mother-in-law was a kindergarten teacher for 35 years in the school district. Um, she had kids that kindergarten that got themselves up to come to school because they didn't want to be up. Uh, they didn't want to be at home when mom got up, you know, because mom's not a happy camper when she gets up and mom's out doing drugs and running the roads all night. And the kids are basically raising themselves. And that's, that's a, a bad place to be, you know, um, that, you know what, Wes, that's where it starts is with, it's not the net. Okay. Our federal government getting involved and, and in the schooling is, is a big mess. And I think that's where we can start when it comes to solutions, but mm -hmm. it really starts with these generations of parents who aren't involved and it's generational. Now the parents yes. aren't involved and, and all they're doing. So I don't even know what you do with that. I don't know how the school system can, the school can't fix it. The school, the school, unfortunately, um, has a product that they can't control the quality of the incoming product. And they're expected to produce a uniform output product. And they can't do it. You know, there's, there's too broad of a range between the uh, affluent or the middle class and the getter, get, uh, what do you call the ghetto rat class, you know, there's, there's too much disparity between those classes. Um, at the high school here, uh, the, uh, the Head Start program, if your kid doesn't know uh, his ABCs or, or a few letters or colors or how to stand in line, if he fails the Head Start test at four years old, he gets to go to the Head Start program, which means you don't have to pay for daycare. You see, so the the the, um, the daycare centers around the the parents do not want the daycare centers teaching their kids their anything at all because that means the parent would have to pay an additional year of daycare before the child could go into kindergarten. Okay, wait. It's I a per perverse incentive, yes. I didn't understand what you just said. The, the, if, if the daycare center teaches the children there to read or their math, then they pass a test, then the parents have to pay something? How does that work? No, 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 okay, okay. There's a federal program called Head Start. If your kid does not know um, how to touch his nose or how to, I, I don't know what's in the test, but if your kid does not have certain basic skills at four years old, then your kid is eligible to go to the Head Start program, which is uh, pre-K or four-year-old kindergarten, depending on what part of the country you're in. Oh, like early school, getting into schooling yes. early. Okay. Yes. Now, from the parent's perspective, that means I didn't have to pay for a year of daycare because my kid's in the Head Start program. So another part that's happened, and this is, this is legit stuff. The other part that's happened is they, they got girls in high school. You said generational and you've nailed it. Um, there are girls in high school who their mother had them when they were in high school and their mother gets a check from the government 
And the girl sees that mom gets a check from the government. She gets a check from a baby daddy kind of thing. And so the government and men provide money. And so I'm going to get pregnant and I'm going to have a kid. And it is so prevalent in our school district that the Head Start program for the four-year-old kids is actually located at the high school. So that the mother and the kid, yeah, there you go. You got it. I'm not kidding. Yes. Okay. So, you know, you, you've already like in, in one minute covered two instances where when the federal government gets involved in anything, it screws it all up. Yes. Every single time. The federal government was originally started to maintain our borders. Imagine that. Yes. Um, And a government that governs governs best. What was that? I'm sorry. The government that governs least governs best. Exactly. All it was originally intended to do was uh, have a basic, like basic security when it comes to our nation. And that's it. I mean, the the states were supposed to have the rights and and, and we and we the states should be running their their education system. And the more local it gets, the better. The better, but people are are not involved. But then again, you try to bring things back home. You go to your school board and you try to speak to your school board. And I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase across a a series of years that I've seen this go on, but parents go to the school board meetings and they talk, they want to talk about curriculum. And the first, the school board starts saying, well, that's kind of long, write your question down. And that's just to get you to STFU so that they can blow blow you off and, and move on to the next issue and say they had a public forum. And then parents, when the sex stuff started coming out, you know, the transgender stuff and all this, a lot of moms got up there and started raising cane at school board meetings. If you don't shut up, they're going to give you three minutes to talk. And if you don't shut up, they'll have you arrested for um, disturbing a school. But it's not a school. It's a school board meeting of an elected governing body. And they got to listen to you. You see? So there was a case, and I guess it was six months ago, where a, a state legislator, I don't recall what state it was, a state legislator uh, was speaking to the school board in his kid's school district. And they, when he got up to speak, they started the clock. And he says, hey, don't even start that clock. Don't even do it because you, constitutionally, you have to listen to me. And he started quoting some case law and telling them cases that went, you know, and, and this and this and this. And the next thing that happened was the chair of the school board said, um, I moved to close the meeting. And they got a second and they closed the meeting and he never got to say what he wanted to say. So the school boards are not going to listen to you. You, you know, I, I, I'd like to say uh, in this forum where you and I are having that you are not going to fix the local school systems. You are not going to fix your school system. The only choice, the only choice you have is to opt out. And it's damned unfortunate that your tax money still goes to support that thing, even though you don't you don't want to participate. Well, and I want to jump in there, too, because uh, in Texas, we have the most lax homeschool uh, regulations. In fact, we don't have any. And, and it's wonderful because one of the things that does get your goat right when you start homeschooling is I pay this property tax and a huge percentage mm-hmm. of it is going to the schools. Can't I get that money back to pay for our curriculum, mm-hmm. to pay for our schooling, to pay for our outings, to pay for all the things we do? Well, guess what? As soon as you take a handout, they own you. Their strings. That's oh, I hadn't thought works. of it that way. Yeah. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about homeschooling or you are homeschooling, you never want to take a handout ever, ever, ever. In fact, the way this wonderful woman that I listen to that I love so much, she's a liberty guru. Her name is Dr. Marlene McMillan. And she says, whoever lends the money 
is in power. So like when you have the five-year-old brother who lends his seven-year-old brother $10, who's got the power in that relationship now? Right. It's the five-year-old. And so when you, when you take money from somebody, look out, don't do it. Just stand on your own two feet, be independent. And um, so we were talking about um, um, taking money. Oh, oh, we were talking about what you can do with the local um, school board and all that. So my, what I have learned is that the infiltration by the powers that that are soon not to be um, has happened on every level. And mm-hmm. um, th- it, this is a, a rabbit hole topic, but it's true. They've infiltrated in order to take over America from the inside, which is what our founding fathers said. If we're ever going to cr- crumble, it'll be from the inside. We are too strong as a nation. We have our second amendment. Nobody's going to be able to get to us except from the inside. And that's what they've done. And it's insidious and it's been happening for decades. And it happened while we were watching Dancing with the Stars or whatever people do. Yes. And yes. so um, they've infiltrated all the way down to the school boards. There are people getting paid by whoever it is, George Soros and, you know, to uh, make sure that whatever agenda is being pushed on our children. And, and it's what's wonderful is that we're becoming aware of it, but people mm-hmm. can go down. There was some town in America oh, a couple years ago that went in, the parents all went into a school board meeting and said, you're all fired, get up and leave. Who wants to be on the school board? And they reelected the people that were standing there. I don't know how, I don't know how that works, but they were like, okay. And about a dozen of them sat down in the chairs and said, we're the new school board. You're out. We fire you. I don't know how it works. I heard there was a mayor that went into a school board and he told them that uh, they would, they would be criminally charged with distribution of pornography to minors because of this books that were in the library that they had purview over. And uh, if they didn't resign at this meeting, the police were waiting outside to arrest them. And, so, and people yeah. do need to go and run. People do. I know it sounds like a hassle, but if you're not willing to do it, then you you are going what you are beholden to those who are um, governing you. Yes. And the school board is part of our government. It governs what happens in the school systems. It is, but I am uniquely able to opt. What was that? I can opt out out of that one. I can opt out of being beholden to the school board. I still have to pay and support them, but I don't have to send my kids to public schools. Right. Okay. So uh, we could talk about, well, there are people out there. It's the people that, you know, that, you know, people say that they can't homeschool. I I know that there are, but what I want to do is empower people right now. If you think you can't homeschool, you need to get more creative and just think a little harder because, okay, you're a single mom and you have three kids and not a lot of means and you're working. How on earth are you going to homeschool? Well, what you do is you find a group of 10 moms and you make a, you make a co-op and everybody has to take two moms take the co-op every day and you take you work a, a weekend day monday tuesday wednesday thursday and you take friday you make it you make you figure out 
how to make homeschooling work to where you can extract your children from the homes from from the schooling system. I agree. The the other solution that I can think of <clears throat> is for us to scrap the federal system. And I don't know how we can do that. Maybe as states, we could try to get state, something. The state, as I understand it, could do it right now. They just have to let go of the purse string. And no Democrat in any of these states wants to do that. I mean, in my own state, Nikki Haley didn't want um, uh, something to do with Obamacare money. She didn't want Medicare money or something. And uh, the legislature made her do it. The legislature, predominantly Democrat, made her do it. Um, before we get too far afield here, uh, for, the, for the moms thinking about homeschooling, I got a pro tip for you. <laughs> I learned this as a dad. You don't have to be smarter than your kids. You just have to be about two minutes ahead of them. And they will, they won't know you aren't way ahead of them. They'll, if you're two minutes ahead of them, you're great. <laughs> well, you know, Ben Carson's mom was illiterate. She couldn't read and she never let on to her kids. And yeah. she really instilled in them how important it was to, uh, to get an education and to, yeah. and so she, they would get home from school. This is his story and I'm going to butcher it, but he would get home from school and she would say, you need to write me a paper, whatever it is, not a whole paper, but write um, five paragraphs on fill in the blank, why rainwater is better than well water. Mm -hmm. And then she would pretend to read it and she would mark it with red ink and she couldn't even read. She then so she was she was way more than two minutes ahead of her kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, let me talk about the, the purse strings. Let me come back around to this because I started out with the public school is not out for the same incentives that you you think they are. What they're telling you on the front end is not what they're really after. Um, everything's about money, and the the benchmarks, the metrics that uh, that the No Child Left Behind sets is is things like school violence. Um, you know, how many, how many fights are at the school? Um, so if you don't document them, they didn't happen. So that's easy, you know? And then there was the fruit of that is that uh, over 20 years that my ex has been teaching, uh, the schools have become progressively more and more violent. So the solution to that was there's, you've now get a federal grant. I don't know if you know this in your part of the country, but you get a federal grant to put a police officer at your school. They call it the SRO, student resource officer. So he's a, either a retired uh, law enforcement or uh, he's assigned, they take one guy from the uh, local police department and assign him to be at the school. So uh, that in itself has turned into a, a, a rite of passage for a lot of these uh, kids, these lower uh, income kids. Um, pardon my French for a moment, but you ain't shit if you hadn't been tased by the SRO. So they actually seek that out as a badge of honor for their peers. Yeah. <laughs> I see the wheels are turning. So, yeah. So now um, let me tell you about what the schools do uh, in, in cheating here. Um, the specific school I'm talking about, this is a specific school. I'm not going to name it, but I can later offline. This specific school um, in the state of South Carolina, every kid that wants to take the SAT is eligible. They you don't have to be in college prep classes. So the schools know that the kids that are not doing well are not going to do well on the SAT, and this will reflect poorly on their school. So what they do is they take all the kids in the general level classes, and they say, hey, um, you guys come Saturday to take your SAT test and report to the gymnasium. And so they got that set up to give the test, right? When they fill out the front sheet with the bubbles, you know, fill your name in with the bubbles, they'll tell them their five-digit school code is all zeros. 
And the kids that are in college book classes that they know would do better on the SAT, well, they tell those kids to go to the library. That's the overflow area. And you go to the library and those kids actually fill out the correct five-digit school code. So there's another one to do with basic skills assessment tests. Um, in Georgia, neighboring Georgia, Chatham County, Georgia, uh, is Savannah area. They have magnet schools. I'm sure they have these all over. I'm just speaking about the specific school district. Um, magnet schools, they sell it to the parents. We have a Montessori school for music or for dance or for STEM, like uh, engineering or math, this kind of thing. So we're going to take your child and we're going to bus them halfway across the county to this special location we have for engineering, for math, right? Okay, cool. You think that's great. You know what that is? That's the school in the ghetto part of town that has crappy test scores. And it has the same physical address as the STEM school that you think you're sending your kid to. So now all those smart kids go to that school. And when they when the basic skills assessment test comes around, the test is mapped to the address of the school. And they and those 20% of the kids at the school raise the average of everybody at the school. So that's how they gain the, the basic skills tests for a particular address. So, so what, they what gave it. What, how do, how, what is the solution? You are aware of this cheating that's going on. All I can do is tell you things. I'll tell you one I caught them on that I actually called them on this. Um, the, there's a law in South Carolina that says that if a child is taking a uh, college level class and still in high school, because see, the question gets to be, if you pass the exit exam for high school in the 10th grade, why do you need to continue going to high school? Oh, because you have to have 20 credits to graduate. So the, the school will work out a co-op program with a college. And so the kids can attend, the, the, well, the high-performing kids can attend college classes, get high school and college credit for it. So there's a law that says that if a kid attempts a college class, he's still in high school, and he scores less than 62, his grade is not recorded. So what the high school, one of the administrators at the local high school did is he said to all the teachers, this was in the days before all the teachers had uh, uh, computers in their classrooms. They all went to the library to fill out. There was like 15 computers in the library and they all went to fill out uh, their grade books online, you know, on the online scoring system. So they, I saw this. They had handwritten notes that said, remember, no, no scores lower than 62. They instructed the teachers. They perverted the law. They misrepresented the law to the teachers and told them you are not to record any scores lower than 62. Because they had a lot of dummies in there, not dummies, but uh, what do you call them? Charlie Brown's cool and slow, right? These kids that that uh, just goof off all the time, getting 13s and zeros on tests. And so those didn't count towards the school's academic performance overall, because we just didn't record them if they were below 62. So I caught him on this and I called the administrator and I had wrote him a letter and I called him and tried to talk to him. And the policy just ended. The guy actually never spoke to me. So I'm trying to think what else I. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just processing this, and my my mind always goes to solutions. What are right. solutions? The solution is pull your kid out of the school. That's the solution. You can't beat this system. This is a, a, a hundred-headed hydra that's funded by your own tax money. You can't beat it. Okay, so yet again, we have uh, 
issue that's a nationwide issue that the only it's kind of like our banking system or our healthcare system or mm -hmm. any of the 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 monetary system uh, they they all just need to collapse and fail and go away and we need to phoenix everything the from sooner they would collapse yeah phoenix the sooner they would collapse the better i'm at that point my wife looked at me on the couch the other night and she said we're all prepped up. We're all ready. When is it going to end? <laughs> I I don't. Ugh, people talk about that, you know, that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And then, but it's going to get a lot better. It's going to get, you know, once, once this beast of our, you know, our system, that's just the inflation, the, the food that we're eating, just all of it. It, it, it. Once everything collapses, then you're only going to be able to get local food and you'll only be, you know, it's, there's. Well, speaking of your food, um, my grandparents, uh, my grandparents had my mother late in life, but my maternal grandparents were born in 1901 and 1908. And they lived to be, my grandmother lived to be 97 my grandfather lived to be 83 or four. And my parents, um, my, my dad died at 61 or 62. My father-in-law died at 61. My mother-in-law died at 64. So what's the difference? I think it's all the food. It's all the processed food that was uh, post-World War II. I remember my grandparents had, a, had an acre garden behind their house. And, you know, that was one of the things we did was go help them harvest potatoes, you know. Oh, our um, food supply. Homegrown food. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, so what I what I wanted to speak to you about today, though, was I wanted to not sell people on the public school system. So I'm going to circle us back to that. I'm enjoying talking to you, but I'm going to try to keep us on the school system. Okay. Um. Yeah. But the you know another aspect of the school system I mentioned earlier was uh, there's a lot of violence in the schools uh, that. If you think about it, your kids, as I described earlier, your kids, uh, if they don't STFU, they're going to get drugged. And then the other part, the other half of that, that's the institutional part. The other half of that is uh, there's a lot of bullying goes on in the schools and the schools turn a blind eye to this stuff. The schools don't act out on it. You know, my daughter got uh, knocked the F out in the third grade at the playground. A little boy cut in line in front of her, and uh, she said something to him. He uh, he knocked her in the jaw and set her on her behind in the on the playground there. And another little girl came over to you know to look up for her, and he slapped that little girl and pushed her down. And this kid, according to the rule book, you know, you go by the student handbook. Student handbook says he should be suspended for three days. So my daughter tells me he's back in school the next day. Well, I go talk to the principal of the school about it. She says, "Oh, he was suspended for a half a day." That's not in the rule book, you know? So I ended up taking it to the superintendent and she didn't do anything about it. She looked into it. She didn't do anything. I took it to the school board. They looked into it. They didn't do anything about it. They told me the kid had been punished. Well, that wasn't the rules, you know? So I had to take it to the police. So this, ha this incident happened uh, the week before Christmas break of that year. And so we ended up going to the juvenile court system with the police in May. Now you got an eight-year-old kid this poor kid, I, I, I'm, I'm angry this kid hit my daughter, but at the same time, I, I'm saying this poor kid, a year, six months is an eternity to a kid that young, right? And so in six months later, we're going to court because this kid assaulted my daughter, right? And he ended up having to write a, a paragraph saying he was sorry. 
But in speaking to his parents in court, uh, his parents actually were okay that he had slapped the one girl. They thought it was un unreasonable that he had, he had struck my daughter with his fist. But the slapping of the second girl, that's okay. So that's a big culture difference. And you're going to put your kids into an environment like that? You can't turn a blind eye on the, on the social aspects of what you're putting your kids into, you know? Uh, there was another kid in the high school that um, he faked asking a, a dumb question to my, my ex now. He walked up to her desk to ask her a dumb question, stood beside her with a piece of paper, you know, trying to, and then reached down her blouse, grabbed her breast. And he was, he was expelled for the rest of the semester, not even the year, you know? So these things go on. Um, there's people that, the adults, the parents of these kids, they, uh, I told you it's a rite of passage for the kids to get tased by the police officer on campus. Uh, the parents, uh, if they act out during the graduation uh, ceremony for the seniors, they get arrested for disturbing the peace. And so, again, you ain't shit if you didn't get arrested at your kid's graduation. So there's a dramatic difference in culture between a lot of these lower income ghetto type families that are mixed in with our kids, and we care about our kids, our kids, we tell our kids, don't fight at school. You'll get suspended. It'll go on your permanent record. You'll never get in college. We tell them all this, right? And the other kids don't value a damn thing. So they don't care. And as long as they keep picking at your kid and, and aggravating your kid, uh, everything's fine. You can, your kid can go to the principal and say, hey, I need, a, I need help with this. I need a solution here. To, principal won't do a darn thing about it. And the minute you tell your kid, all right, fight back, now they say, oh, we have a zero tolerance for fighting. Well, where the hell was your zero tolerance for bullying? You know, you turned a blind, on, a blind eye on that one. Well, and the big thing is, too, we become like the people we're around. We, we just do. We, yes. Everybody's contagious. And you are, they say that you're, if you want to know what you, who you are, look at the five people that you're around the most, and you are the average of those people. And if you want to become more and better, you need to start hanging around more and better people. Well, our children, if they're at school, they don't have a choice. That's right. That's what they're seeing. That's the music they're listening to. It's the mm -hmm. language they're hearing being used. And if your kids are in school with a bunch of gang members, kids, that's yes. what they're going to they're start thinking that's cool because that's all they have to choose from, you know? And I remember when I was in school, I was in the orchestra and uh, you were a band camp girl, <laughs> nothing cool about being in the orchestra, you know, but there were enough of us in there that it was, you know, we didn't care, but um, I can imagine if in today's world, you know, if you, if you, did something like chess club or, you know, whatever, like that's one of the really cool things about homeschooling. Now that we're speaking about solutions, I love your solution. I didn't realize that just telling everyone who hears this, figure it out, get your kids out of the schooling system. I didn't realize that was going to be the solution. And I'm so happy because that's, you know, that's, that's an amazing solution. Figure it out. But yeah, um, make it happen. Yeah. If you're, you know I tell my kids all the time, if it is to be, it is up to V. We're creating it. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, that's one of my big things too, is we're creating our lives all the time by what we think, by what we say, by where we go, by what we do, we are creating it. And mainly by what we think, because if you set out in your day, grateful and joyful, and I'm going to overcome and I'm going to be strong and I'm, I am worthy and I am good, then you're going to attract the right things and get the right things into your life. Mm -hmm. And I've, but, and, and I have told my kids, you know, nobody gets to be in my life. I love humanity. I love everybody. I want liberty for everybody. I want liberty for everyone's children. I love people, but I'm very selective about the people who get me and who get to be in my life. I, if, if you are bringing me down or you are a, a negative person, I, I, I'm, you're, I don't even think, I don't even think about sloughing you off. You're just gone. And, um, but if you're in school or at a job, you can't you're compelled to be there. You're yeah. You don't get to choose who sits next to you. And so the best thing we could do for our children would be to give them that option. It's like homeschool them. And if you don't like your job, quit your job, go find, do something else. I mean, there's, it's the, this place we live in, this world we live in is infinite, infinite creativity. We get stuck in these little ruts that we were put into on purpose by the powers mm -hmm. that be so that we would show up on time and do as we're told. And 80% of people will do as they're told by an authority figure. Those Milgram. We just saw that. Yeah. yeah. What, what? You know, oh, with right COVID. Yeah. Yeah. With COVID, we just saw yeah. that. 80% of people will harm another human being if they're told. That's our, our police force out there. Yep. They're not 20% of people will stand up and go, this is wrong. I'm not doing it. I'm not a part. I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of this. They've done it. You know, I've got rabbits at the house, right? That's my, my meat rabbits. And they've been in the cage so long that I don't even have to close the door. Mm -hmm. They don't even come out. So if I walk away to get something, I don't have to close the cage door. And I think we humans are about the same way. The door is right there and we, we don't walk through it. We're, we're afraid to leave the system. Those kids wouldn't answer you that they wanted a job out of high school at $75,000 a year. Yeah. Yep. Do they want to be in the system? Because the system will pay about up to, well, it was 10 years ago, up to about $60,000. And that's everything. That's your housing. That's your food. That's your uh, medical. That's, you know, do they not want to work? No, I think they don't know. There's a thing called a schema. That is, that is your world. That is, that is everything around you that you know. They don't know. They don't know what's this far from them. You know? And another part of it is uh, there was a, a, a girl my, my ex told me about one day. Um, her mother was a waitress. And, you know, teacher asked her, what you want to be when you, you know, you're fixing to get out of school. What you want to be? She says, oh, I can only ever be a waitress because that's what my mom is. And she was sincere about it. You know, it's heartbreaking to think that, a kid couldn't go further, you know, that they, they see there's a, a, a an imaginary fence there, you know, like a glass wall. You know, they don't want to go through it. When, when someone tells you when you're a kid, you can do anything you want. Mm -hmm. I think our, as a human our we, we don't really believe we think, Oh, you telling that to everyone and everyone can't be whatever they want, but it is absolutely true. From my perspective. Now I can see that. 
Well, it's typically there are some like I probably will never dunk a basketball, you know, being in the uh, probably being a professional basketball player. But if what I wanted to do more than anything was to play basketball, you can do that for a living. I could become a basketball coach. I could become you can you can do anything you want and, and you can create a life that is beautiful and wonderful. And I don't know how to get that out to more. I guess when we're talking about solutions you're saying the solution is to get your kid out. If you're one of the people that hears Freedom Junkie Radio and you can get your kid out. But I'm thinking about all those other kids that will never get out. And I guess there's just nothing I can do about, there's nothing, I don't know what the solution is. I can't help them. But uh, let me go backwards for a moment here. Um, It's not enough to tell your kid, it's wonderful. Tell your kid they can be anything they want to be. Absolutely, encourage that. But you also have to provide them the tools to get there. I know people who have been told, young people who have been told, you can be anything you want to be. And then they just drop it right there. And a kid doesn't know how to walk, doesn't know how to jump the chasm to what they want to be. So you have to provide your kid the tools. Um, something we did with my stepdaughter is uh, she she started making noise. And we saw her personality start coming out. You know, she's, she's not a touchy person. So nursing's not for her. You know, we were going through things she could do. And she decided she might like to be a pharmacist. So I called the local um, mom and pop pharmacist and I said, hey, do you mind if my daughter shadows you for the day? Absolutely. Come on down, you know. And so she got to see that and she spoke to that guy about what education he had. So we told we showed her the door and she opened up the whole hallway. And this guy was describing the future to her, you know. That's what you got to do. You can't just turn your kids loose and say, you could be a, a, an Abrams tank. Go for it. You know, you have to tell them how to get there. And, and one of the things, too, is the school system will never uh, have an individual interest in your child the way you do. And yes. so one of the things that in homeschooling we try to do, or at least my family tries to do, we have always constantly been watching our children to see what their um, strengths are, what they're interested in. If either of my kids ever came up to me and said, hey, mom, I think I want to learn about airplanes. we're going to the library and getting every book they have about airplanes. If my kid ever said, you know, like anything they show an interest in, because when you're interested in it, that may be the path for you. And I don't necessarily know the first thing about airplanes, you know, like, you know, um, and so always um, encouraging your kids in what they want to do. And then, finding out what their strengths and weaknesses are. You know, this weird thing that people have with the schooling system that every child has to pass math and every child has to learn, you know, uh, science and every child has to learn all this. You know, if you're not interested in that stuff, you're not going to retain it at all. And I have one child Mm -hmm. who loves math. I have one child who couldn't give a rat's ass about math and there's nothing I can do. And you know what we gave, we gave our kids some, um, some testing. Um, well, the older one now has taken a test, a couple of them that show you who you are. And he is a, the, the test showed he is a salesman. That's what he is. I wouldn't have known it. Um, this is the one who doesn't has, isn't interested in math. He doesn't need math. He needs right. to, he needs to be on the showroom floor or whatever it is selling, whatever it is, and then pass it off to the, the, the next person, you know, to do the accounting. That's not him. He would never do it. So I, I was having a conversation uh, after a meeting we had at work uh, a couple of months ago, and we were discussing that 
in the group of, of my peers at work, we were discussing that the schools always tell the kids, you're going to college, you're going to college. That's always the solution. You're going to college. Trades be damned. You're going to college. So we all talked about what our degrees are and we're not using our degrees. I got a chemical engineer standing next to me who's a project manager. I'm an EE and I do, I don't even do process control anymore. You know, I so, have a master's degree in French and I live in Texas. <laughs> I don't use it. It was the biggest waste of money ever, except that I right. French literature, but, but, but so you got these kids that the school system uh, tells them you're going to college, you're going to college, you're going to college. That's all they tell them. Right. So that's the only thing the kid knows. So when I tell a kid, Hey, uh, tomorrow I'll hire you for $75,000 a year. He's like, well, that does not compute because they told me I'm going to college. So what these kids do, not everyone is intended for that. There's a place for it. There's, there's no absolutes here. There's a place you know, for people to go to college. You know what? I'm what? Go, go ahead. You go ahead. I'm, I'm getting. Okay. But, but what they do is they, they tell all the kids you're going to college and then half of them, three quarters of them fail out. And if you fail out of college, you try to go to college and you're not prepared and it's not in your cards for you. It's not your natural abilities, the things you're trying to do in college then the school has failed you. The school missed, the school didn't recognize what you're good at. There's a lot of room in the world for diesel mechanics and carpenters and brick masons and welders. There's a heck of a lot of work for them to do. Uh, society needs those people, but- And they make got, great money and they don't end they up in do. debt. Yeah. But, yeah, you go to college, you go to college for two semesters, you fail out. And, and the only thing you know is you go to work at McDonald's and when the bell rings, you go welcome to McDonald's and that's it. And you're trying to struggle for the rest of your life to pay off that year of college that you wasted, you know? And the other part, you go, you got people and it's exaggerated cases, but you got people that go to, go to college and they get $200,000, $300,000 in debt and they can't find a job because they picked the wrong major. But what if I could get you a job, 75 grand a year, and you could start buying a house immediately? Isn't the point to have a house, to have a family? So if you could skip the debt, Go straight to the house. Well, and most people don't know anymore that what that what the most fun thing you'll ever do as a human being is have a house and have a family. They have not been teaching the kids that. No. You know, kids, children are a big a nuisance in your life. Don't you know that? <laughs> you know, that's what, you know, put off having children. Maybe you should never have children, right? But um, so people need to be reminded of that. Um, I think we're really onto something here and this will be a really good way to wrap it up. Um, College, I think it's becoming something that we can really say now. I heard Robert Kiyosaki say it 20 years ago and it and it made me nervous. Yeah. yeah. When you like college is really overrated, you really might consider not going. It's you don't need to do that. You don't need to go into debt and get a degree that you can't use. And um and college, there's so many reasons. I could write a whole paper on this. Um, college is watered down now. Everyone goes. There's nothing special about it. It's like everyone used to have a high school education. Now everyone has a college education. It doesn't mean anything. And what you get at college right now for that overpriced degree is a kid who comes home with blue hair and thinks that they're, that they don't want to have children and that they're the wrong sex and that you're mm -hmm. a racist. Their parents are all, whatever they teach him. And, and I'm encouraging my kid. Well, I've never, I haven't encouraged my children not to go to college, but I've given them the option. 
I'm like, you do not have to go. If you want to go, you can go. And there are reasons to go. If you want to be an electrical engineer, if you want to be an engineer at all, if you want to be a professor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a dentist, there are things that you have to go to college for. But these other trades are amazing. Or if you just want to start a business, go figure out how to buy a food truck and start slinging burgers somewhere. I mean, you can, maybe it'll come back. You know, when I like to think in, in terms of history as well, what were people doing 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, higher education was just for a very small percentage of people. And those were scholars. Those were people who, that was your kid who you couldn't, if you had a book, he read it 19 times, you know, the kid who that was what they wanted more than anything was to learn another language or to learn, you know, and those kind of people, they don't need to go to college either because everything you could ever want to learn is right here online now. So college you know, it's a shame. Obsolete. I'm sorry. It's, it's a shame that we have this device right here. This little device has all of the knowledge of mankind. Every bit of history of mankind, everything we know is in that device. And the kids are making TikTok videos. They don't even ask the question. So if someone wants something in this world, there's never been an easier time in the whole world to go make it happen. And if you are, if, if you're a young person who has an ounce of desire in you to make a life for yourself, there are, and you have a spark in your eye, there yes. are jobs for you. You can go get a job doing anything you want because the rest of the world is sitting around drugged up and looking at TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a, a silver lining for anyone who wants something in this life. Everyone's laying down. You can walk right through them and go get whatever you want. And, and yeah. Well, is there anything? Okay. I think we've come up with some solutions, <laughs> which is basically opt out. Um, Opt out and look out for your kids because nobody else, uh, nobody else has your kids' interest at heart. And give up on the uh, the SUV and the uh, and the BMW in the jar in the driveway. Give up on those things. What could be more valuable than your children? They're going to pick your old folks' home or hopefully let you live with them when you're old. Okay, what do you, you mean give up the SUV? You mean like spend no, your money? You, you got. People that are, that are keeping up with the Joneses, oh. they all this affluence and, and opulence. And what we need is back to basics and take care of your kids. Yeah, I don't have any interest in people like that. Like, ugh, you know, I, I live in Austin. We're the worst dressed city in America. It's getting worse, though, because California is coming here and California in my Austin. But um, yeah. we don't do too much keeping up with the Joneses around here. Um. But, right. <sighs> okay. But, um, you know, yeah, I was going to say something I forgot. Never mind. Well, if no, you think I can't it before, before it's over, we were talking about keeping up with the Joneses. We're trying to keep up with Alex Jones around here. Otherwise, oh, oh, oh no, I remember now. It was, um, you know, this this generation of, of of suburban moms that that they pawn their kids off on the schools and they're on Valium themselves. You know, I'm, I'm stereotyping, but. These, this generation, uh, they've got to, we've got to look out for our kids, but this is the generation that has to have a seatbelt reminder 
to remember to look for your kid in the baby seat in the back of the car. Maybe, and I saw this public service announcement. My God, it said, it said, put something important in the back seat, like your cell phone, so you don't forget your kid. I'm like, what could be more important than your kid? Well, I do have to say that first year that you have a baby, sometimes you forget you have a baby. It's true. Like, because you've never had one before you're 20, you've gone 24 years or however, 20, 30 years without ever having one. I remember just a couple of times standing in my kitchen when I had a new baby and being like, oh my God, where's the baby? What's happening? You know, like suddenly you do, you forget you have a baby. Now, once you've had the baby for a year or two, you, I mean, I, forgetting your toddler in the back seat, I, I can't imagine, but. Uh, there's this part when you have a baby that they're right where you left them. And then they get about you know, seven, eight, 10 months old. And then they're not where you left them. Oh my God, where are they? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? I, I can't think of anything. Well, there are so many things that you and I could talk about. You have um, got solar and prepping and animals. And you seem to like, if, we could talk about the end of the world sometime if you want. How you might want to do a second one of these about uh, solar. Okay. Because it's not complicated. There's a lot of shysters selling the most important part of all solar systems is, is you sign on the loan on the line and you get a loan for a system that isn't going to work. They don't care if it works. But solar does work if you do it right. And there's too many shysters, used car salesman types out there. So maybe we could talk about how easy it is to do solar yourself. Oh, another one. So, okay. Well, hey, we're wrapping this up, Freedom Junkies. So if that's something that interests you, let me know, either on Telegram. That's a great place to get up with me. I'm Freedom Junkie Radio on Telegram. Uh, I also am on Instagram. I do pop on to there. Uh, and recently, I've, I've tried Twitter again. I still feel very shadow banned on Twitter. Um and I, I really don't do Facebook. And so this video will be on YouTube and Rumble. Um, if there's any, if you want to, if you have questions for Wes, feel free to leave them in any of those places. Unless there's a, there, you're not selling anything. Wes, a lot of times people come on to promote what they've been doing and to, you know, to raise money or to sell their book or whatever. No, I'm not. I'm not selling a thing. I'm just uh, offering knowledge. Yeah, well, I sure, certainly appreciate that. And I would love to have you back on about doing solo yourself. So, okay, well, we'll see what the, the temperature of the room is. See okay. If people are interested. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for bringing this topic to Freedom Junkie Radio because I want people to be free in every way for their minds and their hearts and their children, for us to um, be liberated and, and being liberated from the school system is a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, Wes. Signing off, Freedom Junkies. Ciao. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a...